Hey guys, welcome to the Touchdown Table podcast. We've got a lot of things to talk about this week, so I'm going to turn it over to Tyler, who's telling us what we're starting with. Yeah, I will do that. Like we always do, we're going to start off talking about, we got four games this week. We'll go through them as we get there, but we're starting with the Cleveland at Pittsburgh game that we all, I hopefully we all watched it. We got our opinions on it. It was a pretty interesting game, to say the least. Kind of a surprising ending to it because Cleveland got blown out. So what are you guys' thoughts? Well, this was one of the more hyped games going into this this uh, this week on the YouTube channel, The Touchdown Table. If you're not subscribed, go check that out. Shameless plug. Uh, but we talked about that on there. And then in our last podcast, I believe we talked about this game as well being one of the better games of this week. Uh, it did not turn out the way we thought it was going to go, though. This is an AFC North showdown that the Steelers just absolutely uh, destroyed the Browns. Baker Mayfield did not look good in this game. 119 yards, uh, one touchdown, and two picks. He eventually got pulled for Case Keenum, who came in and got 46 yards. Uh, and it was just not too good for the Browns. All around, the Steelers just ripped them apart. They did. I mean, there's not much to talk about in this game other than the fact that there was a blowout. you got to hand it to Pittsburgh. They're looking really good. Chase Claypool is getting going now. It's changing the whole dynamic of the offense because they can move Juju Smith-Schuster to that slot spot. Uh, good rhyme there by me. It's it's making a huge impact, and we saw it against this game. Their defense is doing what they've always been doing. Cleveland does concern me now. It seems like this team goes on a, a run and then kind of stinks. I, I would say more with Baker Mayfield. He'll do good and be like, oh, all you doubters, what are you thinking now? And then just play a terrible game and do it again. It's just a... Well, to be completely fair, they're playing a very good defense yes. in Pittsburgh against the run and against the pass, and even the run in this game. And I know Nick Chubb is out, but Kareem Hunt, he's a guy who could be a run, number one running back on many other teams. He had 13 carries in this one for only 40 yards. Uh, so really everything was shut down. So Baker Mayfield had a tough game, but all around, nobody really had a good game. The best receiver was Austin Hooper with 52 yards, and he's not even a receiver. He's a tight end. Yeah, and when you look at uh, the big picture for Cleveland, you know, they got destroyed by Pittsburgh, and they also got destroyed by Baltimore in Week 1. But there's four wins in between. So this is still a 4-2 and two football team in a very competitive division. But the problem for Cleveland is, you didn't just lose to two good division opponents. You got destroyed by them, and that's scary because, yeah, you could say, all right, turn the page next week, but Baltimore and Pittsburgh are not going away, Cleveland, okay? You're going to have to play them again. You're going to be checking where they are in the standings, and you could very well meet them in the playoffs if you get there. So Cleveland has to fix their little you know, Steeler-Raven problem if they truly want to be competitive in this division and win it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like uh, Jordan said with the receiver play that game, it obviously wasn't that good. It wasn't good enough, so Stephen A. Smith had to, uh, had to go ahead and talk about it on first take. He said, and I quote, Odell Beckham Jr. needs to demand a trade to get the hell out of Cleveland. Jarvis Landry should demand a trade Wait, out of can Cleveland. You, can you reread that and do it in a Stephen A. Smith voice? Oh, <clears throat> Odell Beckham <laughs> needs to demand a trade to get the hell out of Cleveland. Jarvis Landry should demand a trade to get out of Cleveland. And honestly, I don't there's a slight possibility. Mm. Before you finish, you have to say that was a very good impression. Yeah, I, I thought it was solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think that that scenario is plausible because they don't have any very good receivers behind them besides yeah. Richard Higgins, and that's even a stretch. So I honestly, if they want to be a competitive football team, I think that they should keep Odell and Jarvis for this year. Definitely, maybe yeah. next season or in the offseason, maybe look to trade one of them to get some draft capital or to get some younger, better guys. To get in there, because Jarvis is like what, like twenty nine, thirty years old, and then Odell's, I think, I think Odell's like twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight years old. They're both almost getting up there in age, and eventually. Jarvis is twenty seven. Okay, so Jarvis is twenty seven, so he's younger than I thought. But I don't know. I feel like. Okay, so yeah, I feel like the 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 dynamic in Cleveland is obviously more. Their offensive attack is more based on the running game. Oh yeah. But I feel like sometimes with Baker Mayfield and the passing offense, is kind of an afterthought. Okay. Yeah, well, the Browns, they're just such a hard team to figure out this year. Tyler talked about it earlier. They're a team that wins two games and then just plays horrible. The first game of the season, you thought it was going to be bad. Then Baker Mayfield started playing good. I actually enjoyed watching the commercial because he was actually playing good. I saw a meme somewhere that said Baker Mayfield commercials hit different when he's winning. <laughs> and he just lost his game. So now if you see a Baker Mayfield commercial, it's going to hit different I think again. Kyle Brandt said that or something. I don't, know who, I don't know who it was. Yeah, but I saw it somewhere. And it was just such a hard team to figure out because 
It's like the Falcons. They have so much talent there. By the way, we'll talk about the Falcons. They had a good week. But they have so much talent on this team. And there's just some weeks where it's like, wow, they put it all together. And some weeks we're like, are, are we watching the Jets play? Uh, so it's it's very hard to figure out this Cleveland team. They're very inconsistent. If you're an inconsistent football team, you're not going to do good. Yeah. First off, going back to the Stephen A. quote, that is absolute garbage. That's just not true. Both the, this team will probably still be an okay team. I don't think either of those receivers are going to be gone after this year. You can come back to this clip if I'm wrong, but I extreme I have extreme doubts that either of them will be leaving. So I just want to say that. No, I, I agree. I think that you know at the end of the day, this is still a four and two football team. They're still right in that mix. So you know th- that game against Pittsburgh will leave a bad taste in their mouth. But you know they are in a very competitive division in a truly unpredictable year. Who are they playing next? Uh, they get Cincinnati. So another division. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, I'm not gonna say that it's an easy game, but it could be a competitive winnable. game. Winnable, winnable for the Browns for sure. Winnable I mean, for the Browns, but also winnable for the Bengals. Yeah. The the Bengals were just in a good game with the Colts, who have been playing very good. They actually had a good lead on them. I think it was twenty-one to zero at one point, and then they yeah. came back on them. Uh, but the Bengals, yes, they've had uh struggling. They've struggled the past few weeks. Joe Burrow has not had his best few games, but I think they're still a sufficient team. Uh, I don't think they're great by any means, but there's not an easy win in this league unless you're playing the Jets, and I think the Bengals will put up a good fight. Yeah, Ryan talked about the Browns putting a bad t- taste in your mouth. We've got two more teams that are going to do that. Uh, it's the Falcons and the Vikings, and the one, the team that put a bad taste in our mouths the most was the Vikings this week. Yeah. Uh, no, that's actually a good taste in my mouth, though. Well, yeah, Jordan, we know you don't like the Vikings, so you were glad to see them get pounded by um, the Falcons. By the way, congratulations to the Falcons for winning their first game. Congratulations to the Giants on winning their first game. Uh, So we only have one winless team left. What a surprise, public service announcement. The Jets still stink. Let's get back to this game. Uh, The Falcons and the Vikings didn't look good. What do you guys think? Well, really quick, just when the Vikings don't have Dalvin Cook, it's not really good because then Kirk Cousins has to throw more, and well, uh, Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions, so uh, it wasn't really good for them. And it just shows how valuable Dalvin Cook is to that team, and he is a big reason why they were in that game and almost beat the Seahawks a couple weeks ago. And he was a big reason. His absence, I should say, was a big reason why they got destroyed this week against a team that was coming in winless. I really feel like just look at the time of possession. Atlanta had the ball for just over forty minutes, two thirds of the game. Jeez. And that, that's insane, and that just goes to show when you can't have that ground-and-pound impact with Dalvin Cook uh, and Kirk Cousins has to throw, you know, it just makes you wonder, can Kirk Cousins be trusted? Because no, when he had no. to, you know, it had to be a Kirk Cousins <laughs> game because it couldn't be a Dalvin Cook game because Dalvin Cook wasn't playing. In this game, you know, I expected the Vikings to kind of go off against a, you know, weaker defense and a team that just fired their head coach, but um, that certainly did not happen. The converse happened, so a little worried about them short and long-term and, now. And as you brought up, this defense is terrible, too. Like, the Vikings, yeah. with, even without Dalvin Cook, yeah. they should have been able to do something, but they just didn't, and it's, it's upsetting. Well, if you look at the stats, it looks like Kirk Cousins might have had a decent game until I read off the third stat, but until I explain it all as well. So he ended up with 300... And 43 yards, three touchdowns, and yes, the three picks, which the three picks came before all of those three touchdowns. And those three touchdowns came in garbage time. You threw a pick when, on the first play from scrimmage of the game, I believe. Yeah, wow. they were, those picks were not, were, could have very well have been avoided with some better decision making. Those were the worst ones. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like if, honestly, at this point, I think that the, the Vikings should maybe look at drafting a quarterback yeah, this year. They because, could be in position if they keep losing. Yeah, because Kirk Cousins is not that good, especially with the loaded draft class. If they keep going the way that they're going, they could maybe and land like a maybe top five or definitely a top ten pick, but maybe mm-hmm. a top five if they're lucky. Maybe trade one of their younger trade. Maybe trade one of their younger players. Maybe look at getting Justin Fields. Could could very well be possible if they keep losing. And I do want to say this, even though I'm a Vikings hater. I don't think they're that bad of a team. I just don't know what's happening. This week, you, I was expecting them to just rip apart the Falcons because looking back to that Sunday night game last week against the Seahawks, they looked pretty darn good in that game. Now they had Dalvin Cook in that game to play. They were playing their game, running the football. They were running what they want to do perfectly. So I thought that was going to carry into this week. In fact, it was the opposite. It went completely the other way, as Obi-Wan would say. And, <laughs> and wow. so it was just... Not what I expected from the Vikings. And even though I'm a Vikings hater, I was expecting them to be better. And I will say, I think they're a better team than their record shows. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, th- I think so, too. But, I mean, you got to give credit to the Falcons. Oh, Raheem Morris is yeah. the coach now. I mean, they they did a good job of 
uh, out playing this Vikings team, albeit it's not very difficult to do. Matt Ryan had himself good. Today. Matt Ryan did. Finally, it helped me in fantasy. I said I was getting frustrated with him. He put up a bunch of points well, for me this week. I think I think Matt Ryan just will do stuff in bunches. But next week, actually, this week, I mean, you're playing me, so he'll probably do good again. <sighs> and then he'll, he'll stink for two games, and he'll do good for two games. Uh, so, anyways, Matt Ryan, 371 yards in this game with four touchdowns, zero turnovers for Matt Ryan. Julio Jones had a huge game, eight receptions, 137 yards and two touchdowns. The Falcons passing offense was on fire, and I think this is what the Falcons have to do. Their defense is not going to do very good, so put up 40 points like you did in this game, and it's hard to lose when you put up 40 points. Yeah, well, that that defense can easily make them lose, even though if they put up 40 points. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. even still, the... It's ad- impossible. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the addition of Julio Jones playing was good for them. Yeah, so, it was oh, huge. yeah you could tell. Was huge. Obviously, they, st- they had a healthy, a healthy Calvin- Julio Jones. A healthy Julio healthy Jones, Lee. a healthy Calvin Ridley. You still had Russell Gage. Hayden Hurst even uh, did well in the game today. 57 yards, yeah. Four touchdown. Ca- yep, and a touchdown. And then uh, you've also got your other guys, but uh, Todd Gurley helping out in the passing game as well. But Not the run game as much. but No, but it, it was a very good game. Uh, they did have two fumbles, one from Brian Hill and one from Brandon Powell. But uh, flipping the script to the Vikings, their, their running game was atrocious. They had... Combined, they had but between three running backs, Alan, Alexander Madison, Amir Abdullah, and Mike Boone, 13 carries for 32 yards among three players. That's not very good, even with uh, the receiving. Your best receiver was Justin Jefferson, of course, with uh, 11 targets, nine receptions, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Basically all in garbage time, right, when we had. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he did have some good catches at the beginning of the game, Yeah, he too. did, yeah. but most of his yardage was in garbage time, yeah. which yeah. made me angry because I was playing against his yeah. But Yeah. I was I was happy with that. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not. I'm honestly not surprised that Adam Thielen is not getting as many targets because yes. I feel like Justin Jefferson is obviously the faster guy and he's obviously more yeah. athletic. Adam Thielen has always been a good slot guy. He's not going to wow you with his athleticism, his speed, his size, anything like that. But he always finds a way to get open and catch the ball. Yeah. But and that's well, that's kind of a problem with this team, other than Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And while we're talking about Justin Jefferson, while we have a bird in this game, let's go to another bird team, the Eagles who a lot of people thought were going to draft Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys a question. How are Eagles fans feeling right now seeing Justin Jefferson go off and seeing Jalen Rager, the guy they drafted over him, injured? Well, it's not Jalen Rager's fault, but he's (laughs) injured, so we do still have to see more of him. But, yeah, I still remember watching that draft. You know, They were literally showing Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Wasn't he on the phone? The Eagles were on the clock. And then they said, Jalen Rager. We were all like, What? Like that was just said, so surprising. Alan hurts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that might have been. They've crazier. actually been using him pretty well. Actually. Yeah, but um, yeah, the Eagles are probably pretty salty and pretty upset. They um, should be. That was a terrible yeah. decision. Yeah, Jefferson was my. We don't know. Like you said, we don't know how Rager's going to be. Yeah, no, yeah. But, but Jefferson was my number three ranked receiver coming out of the draft, and to have him still available past yeah, all those teams, pretty surprising. But hey, um, the Vikings pounced on him, and you know they're getting rewarded. Yes, they really are. And can we just say this is probably the best wide receiver draft class we've yeah, seen. Yeah, it is in a the year of the, it time. is the year of the rookie receivers. The just rookie receivers are the playing like they've been the running playing backs for seven years. Yeah, that too. That honestly, it's just the year of the rookie. Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to the next game then. Defense not as much, but offensive. There's still a couple guys. There's still a couple guys on defense. Yeah, Chase Young's playing well. Antoine Winfield's been a good standout. Yeah. Grant 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 Delta hasn't done anything. He's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. Well, that explains why they're starting Carl Joseph. Well, no, he's hurt too. Yeah, both of them. All right, let's move on. Well, sorry, Brandon, we got to do this to you, but we got to talk about this game. It's Green yeah. Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was not the yeah. Packers we were used to seeing. They were se- they seemed to be yeah. unstoppable. The Bucks struggled last week. They forgot what down it was. Tom Brady, I should say, yeah. just forgot what down it was. It was ugly, but the script flipped on both sides. The Packers looked bad, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked like what a lot of people expected them to look like going into the season. Yeah, well, uh, since you did me like that, I guess I got to take over here. Yeah, and just go explain. ahead. Packers fans, if you're listening to this podcast, don't panic. It's one game. The Bears might be in front of us, but the only reason why is because they had they didn't have their bye week yet. True. Um, Aaron Rodgers. The Bears fan, I'll say it's true. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Aaron, probably won't be in the lead for long. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers had a poor game, 16 for 35, 160 yards, two picks. Four sacks for 42 yards. One but, of them wasn't his fault. Well, one of well, pretty much all of them weren't his fault because <laughs> that first the first one, one was his fault. Yeah. yeah, the first one was his fault. He admitted that, it. He admitted it today. That it was that's his up fault. for debate. He um, admitted it. Aaron Rodgers yeah. admitted it. Whatever. Um, total QB rating of 17.8. Passer rating of 35.4. Um, 
let's be honest, those 16 for 35 wouldn't have been a thing if uh, who's the defensive coordinator for the Bucks? Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. If he didn't blitz, if he didn't blitz every single play, and our Man, offensive they, line didn't suck, yeah. maybe we would actually. They came been after. Well, Bakhtiari went down too, right? Yeah. So I was like, that was in the late fourth. Oh, that quarter. was at the end. Of that it. was at the end, but it's not like the rushing game could either could do anything either. Yeah, Jamal Williams four carries for thirty four yards, no touchdowns. Our only running back who got a touchdown was Aaron Jones. He only had ten carries for fifteen yards, and AJ Dillon. Yeah, finally yeah, using finally him. Finally using him. About time. Five carries for 31 yards, uh, no and touchdowns. His longest yeah. run was 20 yards. But uh, your leading receiver was six. Uh, uh, was Devontae Adams, six receptions for 61 yards on 10 targets. Uh, it just honestly, with that Tampa Bay pass rush, you could well, you could not get anything off because uh, yeah. every single play Rogers was getting knocked down. Yeah, it was crazy. They played really well. Um, but I want to go back to just um, at the end of the game. We didn't see Jordan Love come into the game. Who was it? That came it was in? Tim Boyle. Tim Jordan, Boyle. Jordan, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, I don't even think Jordan Love is active yet. Yeah, Jordan so, Love is so the why first, would, first why, why would they draft a quarterback if they're not even going to make him their second? Make yeah. him, it, that didn't make much sense. Like, imagine them that, that's having not a Justin big story Jefferson line. right now. Just imagine that. Like, yes. how much better that offense would be. Or, or at least, T. like, Higgins or they, someone. They, had, they had a chance to get Hamler, Claypool, Higgins. I would have been happy with Darnell Mooney. Yeah, Darnell Mooney. I mean, that was a reach for them, but he's been playing really well. Okay, but we now. also traded the pick that gave you know what? Darnell Mooney. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, just think about it. Yeah. Right, let's talk about the Bucks. Let's give them some credit because yeah. they didn't look good Brady two weeks ago against either. the Bears. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about them. Yeah, and let's talk about it. And let's talk about last week against the Bears. Tyler just mentioned it. Brady holding up the four fingers. It was just a foreshadow for how many touchdowns his team was going to score this week because he scored two touchdowns and then he had... Gro- uh, wait, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Hold on. Uh, where is it? There it is. And then he had Ronald jo- Jones score twice. Thank you. I said Jones. Uh, He's so, been a surprise this year. Yeah. He has been a surprise. And I, I, it's honestly a good surprise because it's yeah, about time. Even though they brought in Fournette, I think Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, who was there before, now he's with uh, the Wash. I, I said the Washington yeah. because I had to cut myself off from saying the other, other word. Yeah. Uh, Washington, who he's with now, uh, it was always a battle between those two. None of them could really get it going, but I'm really happy for Ronald Jones uh, that he's getting it going now. Anyways, back to my point. Four touchdowns scored by the Bucks this week. Tom Brady, uh, his passing passing stats, not too great. 166 yards like with the two touchdowns I talked about. And Ronald Jones, uh, 113 yards on 23 carries. And as we said before, two touchdowns. Got to mention Gronk, 78 yeah, yards yeah. in this game and a wow. touchdown. Finally had a Gronk game, it felt like. Finally. Yeah. He still runs like he's got two sandbags on his legs. <laughs> hey, uh, it he, he got, I'll take it. He got some yardage and he got a touchdown. Yeah, that was a nice touchdown, though. They were kind of over the shoulder, kind of reminiscent of their Patriots. Yeah, he took yeah. a long time to spike it, too. When yeah. I was watching him, like, come on, spike it. Got to get back up to speed after yeah. having a year off, I guess. Yeah, yeah he looked better in this game. It was a bright spot. To be fair, a lot of bright spots. To be fair, the Packers' defense was not playing that well either because yes. yeah. Kenny Clark is basically our, our only run defense. And uh, we got rid of Blake Martinez, who accounted for like yeah, 40% of our tackles good. last year. So it was kind of tough on the defensive side. And I watched the highlights of that game. I couldn't watch it live, but no pressure on Brady at all. Yeah. No push by the front four. Nothing was happening in that game. No, Even if, even when they rushed five, six, seven, nothing. Nothing yeah. could even touch Brady. Mm-hmm. And they've got good receivers in Tampa. So when you give Brady time like that and don't put pressure on him, he's like going to be able to Johnson. find those guys. Like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And Chris, Godwin Chris Godwin's finally back. But they, they have a lot of people. I mean, they really do. Um, Just just look at that roster. Watch their game. Tyler Johnson they, had had a touchdown. This. He had one reception for seven yards and a touchdown. So kind of had good, good stats for a little bit, then dipped. Yeah. But hey. Stats are stats. Yeah. But I want to kind of also kind of shift over to the defensive side with Tampa because everyone knows about Tom Brady and those great receivers and, you know, the 38 points that they put up. But as far as defensive yards per game allowed, the Buccaneers are best in the league with that right now. 282 yards even, point zero allowed uh, so far. That's maybe not something you would expect from Tampa because when you think of them, you think offense, you think Brady, you think these receivers, you think, you know, Bruce Arians, risk it or biscuit. So just interesting to see how Tampa's defense, especially in the secondary, has stepped it up. Cause you get they have pitch. drafted so yeah, well in the secondary. They drafted well in general. Linebackers, really. too. Yeah, you know, Devin they, White. They, you know, David White, Devontae David. A um, lot of playmakers on that defense that um, really weren't getting the attention they deserved until this year. But like I said, if you pick off Aaron Rodgers, what, twice, then you're doing something right. Yeah, and I do want to fix myself because I said they scored four touchdowns this game. I've actually scored five. I didn't count the pick six. So the offense scored four touchdowns. Pick six was another one. Yeah, all right. 
Last thing I want to say, congratulations to Tyler Johnson on the touchdown. Next game is Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. This was a fun game, went to overtime. Uh, Ryan, this is your team, so I want to know uh, what you thought about this game as your Texans lost, but they put up a good fight. Yeah, they did, and now as we're recording this on Tuesday, I've had some time to you know, kind of digest it a little bit, kind of reflect on it, but obviously, you know, right when that game um, you know, and as soon as, you know, the Titans were driving down the field in overtime, I knew it was going to happen. They were just grounding and pounding the defense for the Texans with gas. But now having, you know, two days, you know, move on, you know, turn the page, look ahead to next week, got another tough game. But reflecting on that game, um, I'm going to start with Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson, I'll pull up his stats in a second, but he I had... I got him up for you. Oh, got him up. 335 yards, four touchdowns, zero turnovers. Yeah, and that's a Deshaun Watson game. And... I think I said this on the YouTube channel in one of our videos that you'll be seeing. I think you were talking to, uh, to us separately, actually. I don't oh. know what you're going to say. Okay, but, but it, it was about what something Romeo Cornell said in his opening. I'm pretty sure it was, what it, it was his opening press conference when he took over as interim head coach. He said that they wanted to let Deshaun Watson be who they knew he could be. And these past two weeks, you know, say it's because of the coaching change, say it's not because of that, and say it's just a coincidence, but Deshaun Watson has been who we know he could be. You, you heard those stats. Um. He made constant plays. The offensive line had great protections for him, which is something that I kind of really didn't Surprise. notice. You know. I didn't really notice that because in the back-and-forth game, you're not really paying attention to stuff like that that much. But um, we finally got to see, you know, this committee approach at wide receiver um, work. You know, there were times where Malcolm Butler was toasted in the secondary. You saw that. If you saw that big Will Fuller touchdown, um, you know, later in the game, you know, Malcolm Butler didn't know what the heck he was doing. <laughs> yeah, um, that was and that was bad. And, you know, we're finally seeing Deshaun Watson, you know, Hey, the run game's not working. You know, let's test this secondary. We've got these speedy receivers, these fast guys. And it's really been fun to watch Will Fuller, specifically a guy who's been plagued by injuries and inconsistencies, finally seeing to find some uh, yeah. production on a consistent 123 basis. yards and a touchdown in this game. Ryan Taco, the four, 53-yard long. How many receptions did he have? He had six receptions. Yeah. And, uh, second on the team to Brandon Cooks, who had nine. Yeah. That that's Brand the community yeah. approach you want right there. Yeah. And if it worked, it worked. And that's what you're going to do. Because if you're going to get all these guys that only throw to two of them in the game, then what's the point? But all these, a lot of these guys not only was targeted, but had an impact. Cobb had a touchdown as well. That was a really nice catch. I, didn't, I wasn't even sure if it was a touchdown at first, but it was. Darren Fells, the tight end, is a guy who I think is pretty underrated. Um, I'm pretty sure. 85 here. yards and a touchdown in this game. Yeah, you know, he, he's a he's a big guy, a red zone threat. Um, you know, definitely um able to you know win some matchups against linebackers because of his size. But in the end, it just came up a little short. But this was certainly one of the funnest watches of the year for me. Funnest, one of the more fun watches of the year for me. Reflecting on it, still sings, but on the next week. But the Titans, credit to them, and you know, you've heard about it all week. Derrick Henry, just incredible player, can literally take a team on his back. And when you games like, well, how many scrimmage yards did he have? It was ridiculous. Like, he had two hundred and twelve rushing yards. Yeah, and that doesn't even count the big, uh, you know, dump off pass in overtime. Tyler. Yeah, that was like fifty more. So two hundred and twelve plus fifty two. So just you saw that. Just to wrap it up, fun game, fun one to watch. Still stings, but um, lots to like from the two hundred and sixty four. There is a lot to like from the Texans. They look better, but there is. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to like from this Tennessee Titans team right now. They looked so good in this yeah, game. Tennessee's their defense, yeah. their defense had struggled, but the offense was doing really good. I was a little bit critical of them uh, signing Ryan Tannehill uh, to what they did. I had them being third in this division this year. Right now, they're proving me wrong. I'm, I'm able to admit it. They're playing so much better than I expected them to. I'm so happy that to uh, see success from them because there's kind of an underdog story again this year. They got the COVID, and then they came back from it, and they're looking good. Derrick Henry, you said, could carry his team on his back. You know, he could carry another team. He could put, you could put all 11 players on his back. He could probably still score a touchdown yeah. because that's how strong he is. Uh, the receivers were doing well. A.J. Brown well, had two touchdowns. Well, technically, it would only be 10 players if he's putting everyone else on the field with him because then there would be too many men if he had 11 on his back, right? What? It's 12. It's 12. Players in a game? No, 12 I'm players can't be in a game. That constitutes too many players. I'm saying all 11 players on defense. Oh, on defense. Yeah, yeah. He did it on purpose? Did you hear about that? No, Supposedly? I didn't. What happened? Supposedly oh, yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too many men on funny. the field on purpose, so it would stop the clock. And then when they asked him about it in the um, in the post game, he uh, completely dodged the question because they asked him specifically about that play. You know, did you do that uh, too many men penalty on purpose to stop the clock? And he just goes like, you know, we got to do a better job with penalties, really. That's something I talked to with the guys. He dodged the question. That was funny to see. It's such a coach thing Yeah, to it do. is a coach thing. Yeah, he learned it from Belichick, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, that was just something interesting, not that you mentioned. 
Yeah. But their off their whole offense looked good. Uh, a really unfortunate thing was Taylor Vaughn. Yeah. I think tore his ACL. So yeah, that really cool. sucked when I saw that news today. I was extremely upset about it. But this team still looks like they have a bright future, even though they lost probably their best offensive line. Yeah. Another really important thing to mention with this team: we know Derrick Henry is good. We know that Ryan Tannehill has been playing better recently. But the receiving core had kind of been struggling early on before the COVID stuff happened. Now it's getting a lot better. A.J. Brown, the number one guy in his team, uh, he wasn't even number one uh, in this game. He did score two touchdowns, but he only had 56 yards. He had five receptions. Then the guy who got the most was uh, Anthony, I can't even read his name, Berkser, who had eight receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. Pretty sure Adam Hunt. Yeah, is he, he is. He? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Adam Humphreys had six receptions Back for 64 injury. yards and a touchdown. So a lot the Ryan Tannehill spreading the ball out a lot to his receivers. The receiving core getting a lot better. Uh, Corey Davis, who didn't go, I don't. Did he even have any stats today? Was he playing? I don't think. I don't, I don't think so. his stats are good anyway. Well, he yeah. had COVID, so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. COVID. Yeah, that's right. He did have yeah. COVID. But when he does come back, uh, I think he'll be another great addition to that that squad because he's been struggling for a long time. And it's good to see him have a better year this year. Uh, so I think the Titans are really set. I'd like to see this defense get a little bit better, but their offense is rolling right now. Put up 42 points this week. All right. Well. Uh, side note, the Titans are playing the Steelers next hey, week, so look forward to that. we got two undefeated teams going against I'm each so other. I'm so looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm so forward looking forward to it as well. All right, let's move on. That's the uh, the four games we want to talk about. we got probably a top story of the week that came out today, actually. It's Tua time in Miami. What do you guys think? Because this, this is pretty cool to see a rookie quarterback getting his chance, but also Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing all right. It's too early for me at this point. Like, I understand that you eventually wanted to play uh, your your rookie quarterback and I was watching the Pat McAfee show today and he was saying like okay. oh yeah oh yeah they um they were probably planning on starting in week eleven because that was when their whole string of like easier opponents were gonna be so they're playing up. the Jets that week probably uh the, around those weeks <laughs> yeah. so they were planning on starting him around week eleven but now that for some now that their buy got moved up because I think the buy was originally gonna be week eleven but now with all this stuff they moved to week six which is or week seven. Yeah. Who knows about the scheduling? You know, things exactly. can change a lot. But yeah, now their bye week is this week, so now they finally went to. I mean, they were originally going to plan him, plan starting him at the bye anyways. So I guess since it got moved up, then I guess now it's to you his chance. You can't just say we're going to play Tua at this time if Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing like he was. Now I'm excited to see Tua play. I really am. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. I think they had enough confidence in him to put him in. But Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing all right, and I better than all right. He was playing good. So, I don't know. I like it from a fan perspective, but from a team perspective, I'm a bit concerned about it. But they have, like I said, they have to have that confidence in him. And there has to be something on the practice field or in the facility that they see from Tua and say, this guy is going to be great. We saw at Alabama, he was great there. So, I, I think it's going to be good for this season, but it's it's a risky move. Well, if you watch, if you just turn on the, the film from Alabama, Tua looked very good. He was a great quarterback. It's a different animal against in the NFL, but he is a phenomenal quarterback, and with that injury, he has had his time to recover. And I I agree with all you guys. I think that Fitzpatrick should stay in. First, I'd like to applaud uh, Fitzpatrick for being the sport that he is. Oh, yeah. Going into the season, he knew that that job was not his to stay. He knew that at some point, too, was probably going to step in no matter how he was doing. And yet, throughout the whole season, uh, so uh, thus far, he has been mentoring to her. It seems like they're best friends out there. And I think with Tua playing quarterback and Fitz sitting on the bench, I think Fitzpatrick is still going to love Tua just as much as he did when he was playing in front of him. So I wanted yeah. to apl- applaud Fitzpatrick for that. Also applaud him by reading off some of his better weeks. Um, where are you? Why is it showing me sacks? That's weird. Um, am I the right person? Well, while, are you finding no. it? while you're finding that, I would just also like to mention Tua did get to play a bit in this game. We didn't see very much. It was just yeah. one three and out drive. It was kind of anticlimactic. Or, I, uh, I wish was. they just waited for a, like a fresh week to start him, but they wanted to get him in, and they did. And he, how about how about Fitzpatrick on the sideline? Like you saw him, you know, cheering pumped, for yeah. that was really nice to mm-hmm. see. I think the relationship between them, you can see the clips from really all their games, just Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick talking yeah. to each other. Like they, it seems like a father son relationship yeah. to me. Like they both seem to care so much about each other and have so much respect for each other. Uh, it's exciting. It really is to see Tua. And just to mention Fitzpatrick, I was actually able to find his stats on the screen. I just forgot how to read for a second there. 
Uh, but he's had some good games. Some of them not passing over 200. Uh, but against the Seahawks and against the 49ers, he had over 300-yard games, 315 and 350. Uh, and then against Buffalo in Week 2, he had 328 yards and two touchdowns. So Fitzpatrick has been playing very, very good. He's been leading this team to a very surprising record. Uh, and now his time is kind of up. It's two a time now. Everyone's excited for two a time. And, yes, I'll, it's going to be sad to see Fitzpatrick on the bench because he hasn't playing so well. But you know what? I love Tua. I love rookie quarterbacks. Justin Herbert's been playing well. So is Joe Burrow most of the time. And now it's Tua's time. Uh, we saw Justin Herbert on Monday Night Football. He's got kind of got all that credit on him. His name is probably amongst the top of all people for offense rookie of the year. And now Tua's going to have his chance to throw his name in there. So I'm really excited for him. I hope he goes off because I love Tua Tonga Viola and I want him to be the best. And just let's pray he does not get injured again. I don't think he will. I shouldn't even have mentioned it, but um, let's just hope the best for Tua. Knock and, on uh, wood. Yeah, we got wood. Uh, so I'm excited for it. All right. Uh, yeah, like I said, I just want to bring up this point one more time. Like they had to have seen something from Tua that said this guy needs to be on the field. So I'm excited. I really am. They have a bye this week, so he's got extra time to prepare. But it's going to be fun. And I want to watch. I don't know when, who the Dolphins are playing two weeks from now. Uh, the Rams, I think. The Rams, well, yeah, that, might, that might be a tough start to play against yeah. Aaron Donald, that yeah. defense. Well, we will uh, get to see some fun matchups down the stretch if Tua stays. We'll get to see Tua versus Herbert uh, in a couple weeks on November 15th. And then on December 6th, if everything stays the same, Tua versus Burrow, part two. So that will be... Um, a fun one to watch. Oh, right. yeah, it was fun in college yeah. last year. Yeah, it was a really good game in college. Probably yeah. my favorite game of last year besides the Natty. So, big story of the week. Uh, we had a story from last week that we were a bit early on. Jordan, I'm just going to let you talk about this because I know you're going to get angry about it. But Le'Veon Bell went to the Chiefs. It was a good move for them because they got another running back and helped their team out. Jordan's going to tell you why he's mad about it because he likes Clyde Edwards-Elair. But in the end, it was a smart move to get a good player on one of the best teams in the league already. Yeah, and uh, the plan was for you guys to already know about this because I made it as like a seven-minute video of me talking about this, and we we're going to try to post it on the Instagram. You for some reason, it wasn't working right because it was really long. Don't worry, I'm not going to go for seven minutes. Uh, so that plan did not go right, but sometimes the plan does not go the way you think it's going to go, right, Tyler? Uh, so, Well, sometimes you don't even have a plan that's debased on. But that's an that's, idea. That's true. Uh, so I want first of all, I want to say, yes, Tyler, I don't hate – this move for for the Chiefs point of view because why not put another playmaker out there? Why not get Le'Veon Bell? Uh, but if you've watched our channel, you've listened to the podcast, you know that I love uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He has done phenomenal. And I hope the best for his career. I think he's going to do really good stuff. I don't think it was necessary to get Le'Veon Bell, but it's surely not going to hurt this team. So I think that with him coming, this offense is going to get better. But I would love to see Clyde Edwards-Alaire without Le'Veon Bell get more of his shots. We saw it on Monday night against the Bills on that rainy day where he had to kind of get the ball more and they were had a lead. He played phenomenal, it looked like, against the, the Texans in week one. Why? Because they gave him his chances. In that video, I don't have the stats pulled up, but I talked about the amount of carries that he got uh, against the Raiders, who are a pretty bad team against the Rush. He only got uh, like 10, maybe 12 carries or something like that. So he has not got his chances as much to the point that I think he should have got. Um, so it's going to be tough for me to see Clyde not get as much playing time, even like Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid. They told Clyde, you know what, control what you can control, okay? Because we still like you. We drafted you at 32 overall for a reason. Control what you can control. When you're in the game, leave it all on that field. And uh, unfortunately for me and unfortunately for my fantasy team, Clyde's not going to get the amount of playing time that he had before, but I still think he's going to be a more than sufficient running back, and he's still going to own this backfield. And if Le'Veon Bell owns his backfield, then you might find me throwing up in a garbage can. <laughs> okay. Good to know. So there it was, Jordan's little rant on it. Um, but yeah, good move by the Chiefs to get uh, one of the better running backs in the league. Let's move on to our next topic, which is the NFC East. It's an ugly topic to talk about, but it's so bad that I felt like we need to Can I leave for this one? Yeah, feel free. I might, you two were talking about throwing up before. I might throw up now just talking about these four teams. But um, we have a two-win team winning this division after seven weeks, or sorry, six weeks of the NFL season. Yeah, that two-win team, I want to talk about them real quick. That's the Cowboys who don't know. Um, none of these teams have looked good in this division, and I don't think there's going to be any that are going to go off through the rest of the season, but I think the Cowboys are going to win this division. 
And they've it's tough because they just lost Dak Prescott and their defense is playing atrocious. But I think they're still a good team. The team you just saw on Monday night, that was not the team that I think they'll be in the future. I think Andy Dalton will pick it up. We talked about it on the podcast last week. He's not an ordinary backup quarterback. Uh, that was not his game. He did not play well. The whole team didn't play well. Many missed opportunities, including a Michael Gallup drop in the end zone that would have got me a lot of fantasy points, even though I was going to lose anyways. I still wanted those points because I only put up like 68 points this week. Don't laugh at me. Um, so I just want to say that about the Cowboys. I think that they're going to pick it up. I think their defense will get a little bit better. I think Andy Dalton will get a little bit better, and these receivers will still be doing some good stuff. So I have the Cowboys winning this division. I don't think they're an awful team, but, of course, the memes tell you otherwise. And, hey, you know what? I like memes, so keep the memes coming, I guess. Yeah, you can never get rid of memes. No, no. Absolutely not ever. That's why we have Tyler here. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest, though, that's why you have me here. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot more yeah. true. But all four of these teams are memes. Yeah. Um, One of them is going to host a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, it's That five seed is going to be lucky. That five seed in the NFC is going to be very lucky. Then they get to play in the NFC. The, the worst part about it is yeah. just thinking about this. That, that six weeks into the season, the Giants finally won their first game, and they're only one spot off of winning the division. Like, we could potentially have a 6-10 and ten team hosting a playoff. Yeah, but the last time we had a, a, a team, you know, with a losing record host a playoff game and therefore win the division, it was the Carolina Panthers in 2014. They were 7-8-1, and one, and honestly, who knows if that team in the NFC East is even going to get to that. Because what it's really going to come down to, it's going to come down to when they play each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got it this week. We've got, we got, yeah, they're both we, playing. We, we got two yeah. NFC East matchups. You know, we got Eagles-Giants on Thursday. We've got... Um, you know, the the, um, the football team and the Cowboys, um, another rivalry there. <laughs> Just say Washington. Yeah, honestly. Washington and Dallas, another rivalry there. That's really what this division is going to come down to. And honestly, this division might beat each other up in those games because they're so bad that we could actually see, Tyler, like you said, a 6-10 and 10 or 7-19 and 19 host a playoff game come January. It's crazy, but hey, it's 2020. I mean, it'll technically, tw- technically be 2021 by the time they host a playoff game, but you get the idea. It's yeah. crazy. And another sad thing is you look at the NFC West, and what, yeah. who's the, what's the worst in there? The the 49ers three and three, three, and, three. Yeah. and they'd be winning the division, and they're in last place. So the 49ers are three and three, all right? Yes, they're they in are. last place in the division, and they would be in first place if they were in the yeah. NFC. Yeah, well, at least now with the new playoff format, like you could still, like if you're in a really good division, you could still, you know, finish fourth and somehow get into the playoffs. Like say you're ten and six and you're in last place, you could still theoretically get in. Yeah, but I don't know who will be playing the. Well, that'd be the four seed. So whoever's playing the four seed would be very lucky. Oh yeah, that'd be the five seed. Oh, yes, that's right. So, whoever, you might want to be the five seed this year, it seems like, just to get that first playoff one out of the way. But yeah, things, things can change in the by. future with this division, and, and for the sake of all four teams in it, I hope they do. Next topic we're going to talk about are some rookies. Uh, I know Ryan, Jordan, and I are all uh, really big fans of rookies in the NFL, especially this year. Brandon, I'm sure you are too. So, if you guys have any names to throw out there, um, let's just talk about the best rookies that we've seen so far. Just to. Um, yeah, get some conversation going. I'll name my fantasy team Jonathan Taylor, Clyde with Delaire, and Justin Herbert. That's I'm done. This no, one. you're not going to go in-depth or anything? We don't really need to. I just want to throw out some names. Yeah, I, I've really been impressed with uh, Justin Jefferson on the Vikings. Um, he's exceeded my expectations, and I was really high on him coming out of the draft. Uh, I said it earlier, he was my number three receiver in that stacked uh, draft class of wide receivers. But he's really been doing good, been a reliable target. Um, you know, really, really a nice security blanket for them. Uh, very good at running his routes, got a big catch radius, good athleticism. We saw he had a nice play where he was able to stretch a ball over the goal line um, while he was being tackled in that game against the Falcons. So really, Justin Jefferson, fun player to watch, um, brought the gritty to the NFL. I want to give him credit for that because he did that in college at LSU. You watch those games, that, that team, you know, a lot of football fans followed that team because they were so good and were literally the NFL's feeder program. Justin <laughs> Jefferson is the reason that's popular. He did it first in LSU last year. You know, people who watched that team last year like us remember that. But I uh, just wanted to give uh, Justin his credit for that, uh, with for the gritty. But in all seriousness, a uh, great rookie player. Yeah, there's been a bunch of other rookies. Joe Burrow obviously being one of them. Uh, first overall pick, you'd expect that of him. Uh, C.D. Lamb with the Cowboys, even though they're in a, a uh, whole bunch of – they got a whole bunch of wide receivers. In the offense. first place Cowboys. Tristan Wirfs, who is my uh, favorite uh, lineman coming out of the draft, has been good. Yeah, but Mekhi did, Becton, he have, did he have a two-point conversion? <laughs> you, you win. All right. <laughs> All right. You know uh, who we're talking about? We're talking about Andrew Thomas. Yeah, Andrew Thomas was mine. Yeah. Uh, Micaiah Becton has been good. Chase Young, obviously. Jonah Jackson has been a good surprise. 
um, so far. Winfield. Antoine Winfield, yeah. you gotta let me mention that one. Uh, Antoine Winfield, I think, is the runner-up in terms of defensive rookie of the year so far. There's yeah. still time in There's it. There's not that many good ones. But. Yeah. Um, because Chase Young was hurt for a little bit, yeah. and now he's back. Yeah, so those are just some of the people I could throw out there. There's a lot more. If you have some, you can. If Brandon, you have any, please. Well, I mean, ob- obviously Chase Claypool. He's, oh yeah, I missed he's, that one. He's added to uh, deep threat. Deep threat for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's been uh, doing well um, for Indianapolis. Yep. That's um, right, he has. And uh, my f- my favorite rookie coming out of. Uh, USC, which he unfortunately got injured. If you guys know who I'm talking about, it's yes. Michael Pittman Jr. He is out of the, he is out for the entire year, which is sad. But like I said, he was one of my favorite rookies mainly because I watch his YouTube channel. Yeah. But hey, he Chase he Claypool does have a YouTube channel too. Yeah, oh, really? I found yeah. that out today. Actually. Yeah, I wa- yeah. Um, what up, Justin Herbert? Obviously, he's been doing well with the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow, obviously. T. Higgins, even he's. He's putting up good numbers for a yeah, right receiver. Yeah. He's on my fantasy bench, so yeah, he gets he gets a good amount of well, points uh, recently. Uh, the Bears played the Carolina Panthers uh, this week, so yeah. someone that I saw or that was a standout was Jeremy Chin, the safety there. Really he's had a lot of much about him, but they were popping up stats on Jeremy the big board, and he yeah. was actually doing really good. Here, the college. Yeah. I saw you. <laughs> Yeah. I saw you. Yeah. Wait, wasn't he the safety that was drafted? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was supposed. To, he was graded as a second round talent. I remember hearing yeah. about that. He was. He, I was looking at like they popped up stats, like I said, and that, it surprised me. Uh, so that was good for him. Yeah, that was one that I didn't even know that was that good until yeah. I realized it and watched him play. All right, we got two more things to talk about. Let's talk about some college football. We oh, got yeah. the Big Ten coming back this All weekend right. after a lot of waiting and wondering if the Big Ten was even going to play. We finally know it's here, it's back. Let's talk about it because this is an exciting moment for a lot of people. Well, let's talk about Ohio State because they're going to probably be leading this Big Ten. Uh, I'm excited to watch them play. I love Justin Fields. I think he's going to do phenomenal this year. Uh, They lost J.K. Dobbins, but they still got some good guys in the backfield. And that wide receiver core is still stacked as well. That defense is still pretty good. I think Ohio State's going to be really good. I think they're going to be a playoff team when when push comes to shove. I think they'll beat some good teams. Of course, they do have an easy record, so, or not a record, an easy schedule. Mm, they, they play Penn State week two. Yeah, that, that's about it, though. I mean, there's not I much guess. else besides I mean, that. They popped up Ohio State's schedule when they announced they were going to be playing, and there just was not that many people good that they were playing, so they'll probably go undefeated unless they lose to Penn State, who I'm also excited to see. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you seem excited about Penn State, so go ahead and talk about Penn State. Yeah, um... If there's any team in the Big Ten East that's going to challenge Ohio State for that berth in the Big Ten title game, it's going to be Penn State. But now um, there's reports, um, you know, surfacing that I saw earlier oh, yeah, today Journey that Journey Brown. Brown could miss the year with the, I'm not sure what it's some medical condition. I'm not sure, but we'll see. That would yeah. certainly be a big blow. There was an unidentified thing. They didn't yeah. say what it was. So. so we will have to see. But, yeah, Ohio State and Penn State, really the only two teams I could see winning the East. Um, but just to clarify, do we all have Ohio State winning the Big oh, Ten? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do we yes. all have Ohio State winning the Big Ten? Brandon, you're hesitant. Yes, Nebraska. Um, say, um, say yes. Say yes, please. I'm going to say, say yes, yes, but I'm saying anything's possible. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's, it's 2020. Yeah. It's, it is 2020. But who, who's making you hesitate then? What other team? Is Definitely making... not Nebraska. Okay, but who is? Um, Honestly, Penn State, uh, Minnesota, might yeah. be, might be, Wisconsin, obviously. Yeah, yeah. he's going to see who comes out of the West. Is it Wisconsin? Is it Minnesota? Yeah. Someone else? Well, I'll tell you, it's definitely not going to be Nebraska. Probably not. Um, they, they were hyped up, what was it, at the beginning of last year, and then they just flopped. Well, yeah, I'll, I'm going to read off their schedule really quickly. Yeah. Um, Week one, you have at Ohio, or no, Ohio State. Week two, you have Wisconsin. Week three, you have Northwestern. Week four, you have Penn State. Week five, uh, Illinois. Uh, week six at uh, week six at Iowa, week seven at Purdue, uh, week eight Minnesota playing uh, against the Huskers. So I I I think the Huskers are probably going to be a three win team. It's going to be interesting to see if they can get more than three wins this year. But let's all get to a general consensus. They're not winning against Ohio State. They're not winning against Wisconsin. Yes. They're definitely not winning against Penn State. Yes. They're probably not going to win against Iowa. Yes. And they're probably not going to win at Purdue. Yes. Or Minnesota. No, they're not yeah. winning. Yeah. No way. All right. Well, yeah, there's so many games to look forward yeah. to in the Big Ten. I'm sure we'll be talking about them yeah. more we on got the one on Friday. College Wisconsin football is really fun right yeah. now. This is a weird season. Uh, there's a lot of upsets going on right now. The rankings are very hard to do because there's just good teams that continue to lose. Then they drop, and then, you know, then there's another – 
team that just somehow pops in there, and then they lose. Yeah. Uh, we saw it with North Carolina, which they should have probably won that game, but yeah. the receivers pulled DeAndre Swift twice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, And I like North Carolina, so I was upsetting to see, but I like yeah. Sam Howell. Uh, but I love college football this year, and I haven't really sat down and watched too many games. I watched the Alabama-Georgia game, and that was yeah. a good game for the first half at least. But college football is fun this year. It's 2020, so things, of course, are not going as planned. And, uh, well, it's not necessarily a plan, but yeah, as yeah. we thought they would. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a fun college season. Yeah, yeah. but I, I do want to say one more thing for Nebraska fans, if there are <laughs> any out there. Don't start Adrian Martinez. Really? Don't start him. No, he's been playing like garbage. Really? I, wa- I watched his highlight. You I were wa- harsh on I, <laughs> He's terrible. I watched him play uh, the Ohio State game. Couldn't throw the ball at all. I think he had like two picks that game, a couple fumbles. Well, if you play in Ohio State, they had a good defense last year. So. Even when they, they played, have a good defense. they played Wisconsin yeah. last year. I think I watched. I think they played Iowa last year too. They all three games he looked horrible. Even yeah. when they played Colorado, he looked really bad. But honestly, I think it might be time for them to maybe start thinking about playing Luke McCaffrey. Well, we'll see what they do. And we talked about the Big Ten. Let's just really quickly let's talk about the Big Twelve and the mess that that's kind of been this year. Like. Oklahoma already has two losses. Texas already has two losses. You know, we see Kansas State lose to Arkansas State, then beat Oklahoma. So, just kind of with, like, the Big 12, like, who's going to – And we thought, Mississippi, we thought Mississippi State was going to be great. I'm not, I know yeah. we're not talking about okay. – I'm talking about a different division. Scared me. Okay. Yeah, I – yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. very clearly not in that – No. Yeah. I mean, I right, right now – It was just a thought that I had. Yeah, Sorry, right now it's looking like – Oklahoma State is the best team in that conference just because they're the only team that's, like, undefeated outright. Iowa State's undefeated. They're the only team that yeah. hasn't, like, dropped a weird game. Yeah, Iowa State's undefeated in conference, but they did lose to those Let's go TCU. Ones. Oh, yeah. God, Lord. Uh, uh, Jordan, they, they beat Texas. That Jordan was, was nice talking game. about the weirdness of college football. A lot of it's been in the Big 12. Yeah. <laughs> and then who knows what, you know, with the Pac-12, will they The Big 12 is the NFC East of college. They, they very well could be. <laughs> they, you know, if those teams keep beating each other up, you know, I mean, Oklahoma State's really the only team that's looked somewhat, you know, like playoff contender ish, but they still got to play some tough games later. Uh, yeah, and then you know, in a few weeks we got the Pac-12 coming back. You know, and are they going to be able to produce a legit playoff contender? I mean, no, probably not. Probably not. But again, if the Big Twelve keeps beating up on each other and they produce a two-loss champion, do you? How do you weigh a two-loss Big Twelve champion versus you know an undefeated Pac-12 champion? That's if that happens, that'll be interesting to see what the committee does. But you know, a long way until then. All right, let's move on. We got one more thing to talk about um, here today. It's a uh, weekend experiences I wrote down on uh, my sheet. Brandon, you have no idea what we're about to talk about. No, here, I don't. Because we haven't informed you about any of this. But I've been doing a lot of intros and passing it off. I'm going to do that same thing. I'm going to let Jordan explain to you what this kind of segment's going to be about. It's just, just kind of a segment where we share our experiences about a certain thing that Jordan's about to say. So go ahead. Yeah, so this weekend, uh, we attended an NFL football game. Uh, so Tyler, when's the video coming out for this? Uh, when, uh, Friday. Yes. Uh, so Friday, we have a video coming out that will probably be uh, in more depth. But Brandon had no idea we attended the game. So we took the trip down to Charlotte, North Carolina to watch what the Bears the play. Yes, we watched <laughs> the Bears play the Panthers. Uh, so it was a very fun experience. We had a great weekend, and the game was also fun as well. Uh, at the game, my sister got a ball thrown to her from Cordero Patterson, and she got to kept, keep it. Uh, so that was really cool. And then they went on to win the game. Actually, in the stadium, there were more Bears fans than there were Panthers fans. It was by there's, there's a Let's two, Go Bears chance. Twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. And, uh, and you weren't even at a Chargers game. No, we, exactly. <laughs> and I, I don't remember if it was the second time or the first time. I think it was the second time where the Bears bench just turned around to the fans and was like hyping everyone up. And then, yeah, uh, was like cool. saying thank you, Matt Nagy. Uh, even mentioned it in one of his press conferences as well. And then at the end of the game, uh, when they were taking knees, uh, I was kind of dancing because I was excited that, that we had won the game. And uh, all of a sudden, the security guard who was kind of watching everyone, making sure everyone had their mask on, he comes up to me and taps me on the shoulder. I turn around, and he has two gloves in his hands, and he hands them to me. And he said, a player wanted me to give you these. And so I'm, like, shocked. And I was, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what the heck just happened? And I was pretty sure it was Roquan Smith because I was wearing his jersey. Uh, and I, I figured it was him. And also, I looked down, and he was kind of, turning back the other way and walking back towards his other players. Uh, so I was, like, in shock. I was so happy. You couldn't see it because I had my mask on, but I was uh, smiling. You could see it in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, I was, like, just... And your, your cheeks were red. Yeah, well, my face was red, too, because <laughs> it was sunny, and I, had a, I have a huge mask tan right now. It's actually gone away. 
uh, but it was really it's bad. Still, it's still <laughs> there. <laughs> someone at, someone uh, at school pointed it out to me yesterday as well, and I was. You had a mask on. I know he could tell from up yeah. here. Uh, was was weird. <laughs> uh, so that was an awesome experience. After that, I went down down to the security guard and I made sure it was his. I asked him, and he said, "Oh, 58, which is Roquan Smith's number." And inside the gloves, it also says 58 as well. So I have a cool grass stain on it on both gloves, and it's just really cool. Uh, something I'm really thankful for, and um, it was a phenomenal moment for me, and the Bears win just makes it even better. Of course, my fantasy team tanked, but you know, <laughs> you can't win them all, and honestly, yeah. this is not something I say very much. I don't care that my fantasy team just tanked this week. Wow. Well, you left out a part of the story that I thought you were going to talk about. Before the game, the morning of the game, we were watching. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. I'll, I'll tell this. Yeah, yeah. Keep I'm talking enough, all right? Yeah. Time for me to talk about it. I was there, too. <laughs> you were there. I was there. Well, you told me to go. Yeah, I didn't. I know. I was just, just, just. I was trying to go somewhat quick because we have a video about it, but I left out an important yeah. detail. Yeah, yeah. So this is an important detail. We were walking to breakfast. Just la 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 la. Let's go get breakfast and then head over to the game. Were you singing while you were going to breakfast? Yeah, we were going la 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 la. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like that. Just picture that in your mind. That's exactly what we were doing. And my dad, who was actually right next to us right now, he spotted the buses. I probably would have spotted it anyways, but the buses right down the street to where we were walking to breakfast. And we were like, "Why are there so many buses?" And we were like, "Oh, it's got to be the Bears buses." And it was. They had the Bears logos on the buses. So we went around to where the players up the hotel. We kind of just watched them all even get on the buses. We were like, yo, what's up to all of them? Some of them would give us a response. Nick Foles gave us a peace sign. Uh, I think Matt Nagy held up his coffee or something. No, that was Chuck Pagano. Oh, Chuck Pagano held up his coffee. Uh, What did Matt Nagy say? I don't remember. He said something. He didn't really say much. Oh, he gave like a head nod. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a really cool experience just to watch them all like get on the uh, the buses and yeah, you know, we it felt, it felt like we were kind of an NFL team going on the road because like we yeah, left for the weekend, watched the game, and basically just came back like the players did. So it was a really cool experience. Uh, very safe. I do want to add um, the Panthers did a great job um, of keeping the stadium safe. Everyone was six feet apart. Basically, at all times we were not close to anyone at all. Masks were on all the time. They had people going around making sure. So it was very safe uh, for that. And I encourage other NFL teams to try and do things like the Panthers yeah. were doing because, I mean, that way it seems safe enough to me, but if teams don't want to do it, I guess I can understand yeah. it. No, I but, agree with that. But after experiencing it, like, I think NFL teams could open up their stadium if they keep it as safe as it was because there really was not much risk of getting COVID. That's all right. All right. Uh, unless you got anything else to add about the experience, Jordan, um, we're going to end this podcast right there. All right. So I don't think he has anything to add. Uh, so let's just end this podcast right here. I don't know how long the podcast actually went. It's about 52 minutes so wow. far. So that's not too bad. That's I, a new record. Yeah, that's, that is. Record. I could talk and I could do the outro and make it not, but I won't do that. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to this podcast. As always, just to recap, we talked about some of the top games this week and some of the stories. Big Ten coming back is a big one. Two are going to be starting. Le'Veon Bell will be with the Chiefs. And then we ended it with a little personal story from us. So yeah, that's basically the recap of what we did. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast. We sure did enjoy making it. So with that, we did. We will yep. see you guys later. See, see ya. ya.